nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 322. It's a Star Wars episode where we and my man, Matt Razor, are going to go through three, one, two, three Star Wars books. And what we're going to be doing is Bounty Hunters, Dr. Afra, and then the War of the Bounty Hunters, number two, as we get into that. But before we go into that, let me tell you, go over to Twitter and follow us at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back a hundred percent. And then if you would like to support us and get a ton of podcasts in return, Go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science. All of these links and such will be in the show notes. But let me tell you over on the Patreon some of the things that would be of interest if you like Marvel Comics. Last week, our Patreon only spotlight the badasses that get fresh crew. Beep boop. Pick two pretty big books. We had Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow number four, and Sinister War number one. Now, this coming week is a big book comes out, and they seem to have grabbed that as well because this week's Patreon Spotlight podcast is Moon Knight number one and Captain Marvel number 30. So if you want to listen to those, you have to, again, go to the Patreon. And just as another aside, July's Marvel Comics Character of the Month is actually a team, and it is West Coast Avengers, where I'll be talking some books about them and We have a Back Issues podcast where we figured we'd have a Loki edition. All the books were Loki-based books, and it looks like me and my man Stork will be talking about Loki's first appearance in Journey in the Mystery, number 85 from 1962. So that's just the tip of the iceberg. I just wanted to throw some things out there, and I know that it gets a little dawning hearing all that stuff. But again, there's a lot more, a lot more. So go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience. And with all that said... Let's go off to talk three of the War of the Bounty Hunters issues, including War of the Bounty Hunters number two, right about now. All right, here I am with Matt, and me and Matt have a bunch of books to catch up with. What is up, Matt? Not much. Happy to be back. Up, yes, you were on vacation, so we ended up skipping the Bounty Hunters issue last week and ended up putting it in together with these, and... At one point, I was like, man, it stinks having to, you know, talk three books. But it actually works out because if we didn't have this Bounty Hunters, we'd be talking about pretty much the same issue twice. Because when we get to this, there's something really, really ridiculous that happened this past (laughs) week in the Star Wars deal. And in something where me and you were really looking forward to the War of the Bounty Hunters number two, uh, it's still this is the, the problem. It's still a good issue in the fact of what happens and what happens at the end. But if you go by the checklist, you end up reading Dr. Afra, you get a whole issue, and then you jump into the main book and you get a repeat. You, yeah. you literally get the same issue with two little things thrown in. That really, that really pissed me off. That's what it did. It really made me, and what it did too is got me worried because this is what you're doing. In the second month of the deal, the second War of the Bounty Hunters, number two, was actually a repeat issue from Dr. Afra, Or they ended up just – I understand that you can say, well, actually, Afra copies up. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not great for a, an event that's going to last months and months and months that you're actually having repeating issues because, in my mind, you should never have that. I understand that characters are going to be at the same places and things like that. 
but you follow the character and, and their point of view, but also try to do something a little different. And it's it's not. And they came out the same week. It's it's ridiculous. But we're gonna start with Bounty Hunters, and it is Bounty Hunters Star Wars Bounty Hunters number fourteen. This takes place before War of the Bounty Hunters number one. They're just I, it, we were talking <laughs> about this before. Even that is kind of ridiculous that you can't catch up yet, but that must be for a purpose of what you don't want to have maybe Valance and Dengar show up at the auction. So they're going to have to kind of miss that and get the ramifications of what happens after. The book feels a month behind because of this, but that's on purpose with it. But here is the deal. Jabba the Hutt has put a bounty on Boba Fett's head. Valance and Dengar have formed a shaky alliance in order to find Fett first. Balance is desperate to save his old friend Han Solo, and Dengar has an agenda of his own, which we find out here a little more. Dengar's contact revealed that Han is in the hands of the resurgent Crimson Dawn. At the fortress of the Mourner's Whale, Tonga and her wife Lasha found the syndicate decimated and under assault by Crimson Dawn warriors. On Nar Shaddaa, terrifying assassin, wounded Balance and killed the hunters, only lead to finding Crimson Dawn and Han Solo. So they're not aware of what's going on, and as they go, uh, you get these little deals now Tonga and Lasha that stuff kind of ties back to the beginning and the first arc of this book mm-hmm. and I guess if you're just reading Bounty Hunters maybe you'll be happy with that that there's something for it and I think that's what Ethan Sachs is doing giving readers something of their own I don't think that that even though it still ties into crime syndicates and the Crimson Dawn and things but it's more about that kid that they ended up that was, yep. you know, kind of like a one person Romeo and Juliet type deal where mm-hmm. it would be the thing that can unify all of the crime syndicates. That would be something the Crimson Dawn would not want. But it's OK, I guess, that it's there for fans of the book. But if you are on the opposite side, just coming in for the word here, you will not know what's no. going on at all. Not at all. So. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe Ethan Sachs is like, I'm sick of these tie-ins only kowtowing to the new readers that didn't read my stuff before, so screw them, I'm going to give something, (laughs) because we know what it means. And with that, we're not that concerned. It's something that you need to tie up eventually, and it's something that Valance has a a bit a part of and stuff. So I don't expect it to be tied up that quickly. Yeah, I mean, if they throw two or three or four pages into it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it could have been like, a backup. A backup. You know what I mean? And almost yeah. in a weird way, like, why not do something? And it says, like, hey, everybody, you just got the word of the bounty hunters. But if you're a big fan of this book and know what this is, have, like, a picture, you know, uh, of Lacano Lash. And if you know who this is, then go on. And the other people could just stop. It's a good idea. It's, actually. Yeah, Put it just in the say, back. like, here you go. Yeah. Uh, but it's written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paola Villanella, Arif Piano on Colors, DC's Travis Lanham on Letters. And, yeah, Dengar. And, and Valance, they're on the run. They're on the Smuggler's Moon of Narshida, and they don't know uh, that they're really, really in trouble because they are on the move away from the Crimson Dawn. Um, but yeah, you end up getting chased by them, and you end up going to an old deal of of Dengar. He ends up going, and <laughs> it's Mama Stamuch <laughs> who ends up at one point. I thought I I wondered where she went because it looked like a dude showed up. Then it was a weird art change. Uh, uh, yeah, well. it looks like a dude most of the time. Yeah. Also, the guy. Then when you go off to see what's they going look the same. on, <laughs> they look the same. That's the problem. One's a little taller. And Lasha are there helping uh, against the Crimson Dawn. 
with the morning whale. And uh, yeah, it looks like this this lady. And I'm like, I don't know. But that that actually is a relative of that kid. And you end up having him saying, oh, man, they're trying to kill me because when I die, the morning's whale, they die as well. I'm, I'm the last of the line. And there is where he is given the info. You know, Tonga says, no, 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 you're not the last. There is a kid, you know, kind of this combo deal that can unite everyone. And he says, listen, can you save that kid? Can you go protect the kid and save the kid? Because that would be, you know, the big thing. And that's something the Crimson Dawn would not want. Mm-hmm. And even by the end says, hey, I'll give you some credit. Why aren't you taking the credits? Like he says, I'll give you credits. You can get a huge army. You can get a big team. And like, nope, I like no, our we're team. covered. Yeah, we're like our team. Um, and he says, there's only three of you. <laughs> you kind of need more people here. I'll give you credits. No, I don't need your money. No, I'm like, no, no, take the money and get some other people, please. Yeah. I'm expecting that the big thing around the deal and when we get to the end of all this, uh, you know, Hunter's deal, uh, Bounty Hunter deal is that uh, you'll have Dengar. And and Valance join in. They'll be part of this team, maybe, if Dengar even stays around. It's funny, too, because in this deal, you also get, you know, you have Valance. He needs to be fixed. That's why they go to his contact, who he owes money, as everybody does. And uh, at one point, oh, you know, your friend is going to be okay, but you got to watch out. His heart has some problems, all these. And with that, Dengar's like, he's not my friend. I mean, I think they start becoming friends. Yeah, the by the end of all this, that they're relying on each other because there's going to have to be, you know, kind of a prison break because we see that Dengar is involved with this, not just for the money, not just for, you know, being a bounty hunter who wants to stick it to Boba Fett even at one point because he ends up talking to Bib Fortuna, who actually. This is one of the most evil feeling Bib Fortunas we've had. Usually mm-hmm. he's just kind of a joke. Uh, he's kind of menacing here, but they end up having Manaru, a ex-girlfriend <laughs> of Dengar and holding her. And, and you even said you looked it up. It's, it's from a book from way, way back. Yeah. And he ended up dating her and anybody who would date, you know, Dengar, he will probably still you know, pine for them because he's not getting many dates. I mean, <laughs> look at the guy. And he gets mad. I like that he ends up there. They're fixing things in this garage, including Valance. And this poor guy was fixing like this engine, yeah. which looks like on like a pod racer engine, you know, some that we've seen. Dengar ends up throwing his communicator and yeah, just throws it for no reason. Uh, probably breaks his communicator. It looks Monaroo. like it shatters, right? Yeah. And they're like, who would even know that's a name? Like, do you think he's just yelling like I a curse thought, word like, or something? Uh, what, what god is he yelling about? I mean, <laughs> really. And, you know, he's all pissed. <laughs> it's so funny, though. Because, of course, you end up having Bib Fortuna says, you know, you better do this quick because, I don't know, the Rancor is getting pretty hungry. Right? Thank God yeah. Luke just kills that thing. I mean, th- that thing is probably eaten. Oh, it just breaks his neck. It's the things. greatest yeah. thing oh, when he smashes his neck. I love it, too, because seriously. I'm not even making a joke here. The Rancor Keeper really looks like he could be the brother of Dengar. Really. Yeah, that, that guy's very like odd, Dengar. no? Just like a regular yeah. dude you'd find in, in, in yeah. West Virginia. You Always know? reminded me of Dengar. <laughs> I lived in West Virginia for six years. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could be, I'm telling you, he could be in Pennsylvania right around me right here, too. <laughs> I, I ended up just like, I remember saying, I'm like, hey, there's Dengar. I, I guess the bounty hunting didn't take off, and he ended up being the rancor keeper. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, so so you he have, starts crying and stuff when he dies. Oh, he's all upset, <laughs> and that that's where I like where there's contact here. Mama says, uh, "Hey, your friend, you know this the cybernetics. We can we can fix enough. He had some problems, but it's his heart. It can't keep up with all this stuff. He doesn't have much to go, and you end up where Dengar. He's not a friend of mine, and I don't care. And then he's walking away, and Mama says, "I think somebody else has a problem of the heart." <laughs> like, ooh, Dengar. Here's the thing. You can give me some things with Dengar that kind of make him a sympathetic character, but he's always just going to be a sad sack to me anyway. The minute mm-hmm. that he showed up, he didn't even fit in. But I, I really, I'm telling you, you see those bounty hunters and Dengar's there, and you're like, what is that? He seemed like a guy who might have had his glory days 30 years earlier, and <laughs> they just invite him because they feel bad. I'm telling you, when, there he is. He's all upset. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, and then, then they just mention it's like, oh my god, you know, we were getting attacked by that Crimson Dawn. <laughs> like Crimson Dawn, what are you doing? <laughs> we're gonna be dead. And yeah, they're, they're gonna be. And there's an explosion right on cue, and it's a big fight. You know, balance. He's got his blasters, you know, repulsors back and everything, so he's going with it. But you know, the Crimson Dawn's pretty kick ass. They end up blowing a hole in the wall, it seems, and then flying a speeder out. And you go with that deal where it also is thrown in. And it does. The funny thing is when you ended up saying that that Monaru was from something, and I looked it up as well, it does also tie into speeder racing and things yeah, like Dengar's that. Yeah, Dengar's a race car driver, race yeah, car yeah. racer so or something. It, it almost feels like two on the money because Dengar goes and owes Obviously, probably owes money because he bet against him, said something stupid yeah, in Pete the Rose. deal. But also, he mentions in this out of nowhere a bunch of times like speed racing and then the racing, pod racing. And you go and you see these guys are all working on pod racer looking things. And then they get away in a speeder where all of a sudden Dengar's like driving like a maniac, but he's <laughs> got the skills. Uh, again, maybe he should have just stayed on the racing circuit, right? Mm-hmm. But he ends up there going at the drones of the Crimson Dawn and chasing him. He's doing maneuvers and things like that. But all of this only then to force the deal of we just want to get. And that's like what you said. You're right. That That's the deal where Kiara's. it's like the end game of trying to funnel Dengar and Valance somewhere that they want them to go. Whether it's this girl that they, they might find that to protect that, that ended up with, you know, like I said, like those uh, going mm-hmm. with that. But overall, I'm like, don't you have bigger things going on than Dengar and Valance? Yeah, it's kind here? of weird to be involved with you that. You know what I mean? Like, this seems like she's about to get dressed for the the whole deal. She's about to get dressed for the auction. And, and out of nowhere, she's just so concerned with Dengar and Valance. And yeah, I think that this is where you would get Tonga and Losha, you know, interceding. And it's weird too, maybe. Why would you why would you in the next issue really tell the exact same story in the whole uh, you know, Dr. Afra and War of the Bounty Hunters too, but yet maybe this Bounty Hunters book really stays before about for a while. Maybe that's the plan. Uh, maybe, maybe it never maybe, catches up. Yeah, maybe it, it does near at a point, but I don't understand. I, I don't get the the whole concept, but and that that would what I'm saying is now I'm thinking that they're going to funnel him and and Tonga and Lasha are going to get teamed up with Dengar and Valance even before I would think they were, and that's why you have them in here and then yeah, they, they have to protect the kid and things like that. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I 
I still have problems remembering names uh, of even Tonga and Lasha. I I'd completely forgotten about them until recently when they came back. Um, but yeah, this book, you know, maybe <laughs> it's weird too because it is Star Wars bounty hunters, and then you have were the bounty hunters. You think people would get confused too, and I don't know. Maybe that's it. I I don't get it, but. <laughs> I'm giving it a seven. Manship it's would buy okay. It. Yeah, manship would buy all of them. I, it's okay. <laughs> you set up some things seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm with you on seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. We're going to move on to the next one. And really, these will be quick because of the same damn issue. We'll start. We're going to go by the, you know, the checklist. So we'll go through mm-hmm. after first, even though it should not be bigger or more important than the War of the Bounty Hunters, but the way it's played in the checklist, if you are reading them, it makes it yeah. so that the actual War of the Bounty Hunters number two is the letdown, but we'll, we'll talk. And well, again, they reveal a little bit more in that. Yeah, so it's, yeah it, but it's that would be what you would think you'd get from the Afro book, right? You get yeah. the big story. I mean, here's the big thing in this. The, to spoil everything, we're going to be doing the auction. We're going to get a winner. And then Darth Vader's going to show up. Now, I think that the play here is that Darth Vader is the Afra thing. You know, you want to have that. So why not have the War of the Bounty Hunters first, have the auction, and then off-panel somebody saying, well, I'm going to have Han Solo and take it. And you're like, holy crap, who's that? Then you go to the Afra book that starts there with Darth Vader. You see, it's Darth Vader. Afra freaks out. Let's go from there. I don't understand the going exact through. same um, endings. Yeah, why show that? I I agree. It should be off panel, and you're guessing. Oh, it's got to be Darth off panel, know? and then yeah. have the reveal in the actual you know deal. And just why? Why? And we're having an Afro book really close to when we had the last one too. So they even yeah, there was a week between that maybe. in. It was like yeah, two they're weeks. pushing it in here. Yeah, but here we go. It's it's Star Wars Doctor Afra. War of the Bounty Hunters Party Tricks. It is Afra number 12, written by Alyssa Wong, pencils by Minky Young, inks by Victor Ozaba, and colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Rogue archaeologist Dr. Afra and smuggler Sonostaros are working for Dominic Tag. The job infiltrate the most dangerous place in the galaxy, an auction hosted by our resurgent crime syndicate Crimson Dawn. Meanwhile, just lucky in Ariel Hughes, old mentor, has betrayed the sixth kin syndicate and they've been tasked with assassinating them under the Crimson Dawn's nose. With all those crime syndicates and gangsters gathered in one place, what could go wrong? And, yeah, you end up having, you know, the deal. And remember I said, I'm like, what, are they just going to go in? They have been robes. But the thing is, they are official, you know, tag emissaries. I yep. mean, they are there. Now, with that, with the tags being so big, and especially Afra, Afra is saying, like, I betrayed everybody here. Like, I am really in trouble if they find out. I don't know why you're going full out because I think some people there would be wondering, like, ooh, who'd the tag send? And then you would, you would look at, oh. Yeah, there's no ID required or anything. It's just what you're wearing. And, and I, she even says people would recognize me. And yet you're really pointing yourself out. I know to get there, you have to be with the tag deal. But I think that Dominic Tag should be smart enough even to know, hey, uh, you know, when you get there, you're going to have to kind of go and disguise that. I, I don't know. Even Sana has people after her, she says. So they're going around and you point out the big players, Jabba the Hutt. You know, you end up having uh, Guillotine and all these others, <laughs> even uh, you, uh, what is that? Vukara that yeah. we know. His name's Goatee, from, I guess. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got yeah, a goatee. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Unbroken clan, yeah, uh, girl that we we know. She's there. Doesn't really do anything yet. No. Nope. And then they even 
I hope the mourner's whale is here, which those are the ones that we already saw in the last issue that are being held back by the like what is that play too? Holding them back to go, who knows? But you end up with that and also the Empire is there, uh, where you end up having Sly Moore, who is the Sith kind of assistant deal, yep. the one of the Emperor that Darth Vader was really worried about. Again though, that is something that might cause some friction because the Empire's here and then Darth Vader shows up on his own at the end. And uh yeah, they're going and and talking and drinking their drinks and, and Afra though sees some shiny things, ends up acting like she can't keep away from anything shiny because you have to have something for her to do. So she's going to try to steal some gems that she could use to splice. I get the connection of that, but you are in the middle of a place where you just said everybody's after you. You have a yeah. job to do and the keep job really profile. is just to sit back and watch. Yeah. And you end up spilling drinks on just to try to steal these things. But she doesn't get that, but ends up putting a tracker and a microphone on them. And what you end up getting at one point is pretty much Afra listening in and close to the scene in Naked Gun when Frank Drebin's pissing for 15 minutes because the mic is still on because it's just nonsense. She's like, oh, I should have killed that. That lady spilt the thing on me with my tools and stuff. I'm like, I, I don't know what we're getting here. It, it really, that part is just, we got to, like, that's where it, it's funny. Go with the script, and I'm telling you, maybe even look per page, and you'll see that that scene is where, in the next issue, Boba Fett is trying to get his invitation. Yeah, they bring away. it up on the other issue, too. Yeah, I'm saying, it's so, like, almost like page for page. Like, page they're like, page. let's take this page seven changes. You got to fill something in. This is how we can fill it in. Yep. It's it's so bad because then a hooded fella comes in <laughs> and ends up. And, and the cool thing about this is I'll tell you one cool thing that I didn't think of is the idea that Boba wouldn't want anybody to see his face and whatnot. So when he does disguise himself, he does have to But would do people it even way. know his face? Well, I'm saying he just, just like the idea trooper. that he wouldn't want that to happen. You know, yeah. I know that he's not a full Mandalorian or whatnot, but that's kind of their deal. So I would think that. You know, he's also covering his face just so he he could actually undercover could come in if he did not mind that could come in just, you know, full out. Nobody yeah, know who he is because they haven't seen him, but that would be, you know, probably upsetting to him. So he ends up going and, you know, you have this mysterious thing here where I didn't know what was happening, except at one point for some reason, I'm like, could that be Darth? But then you see his nose. I'm like, nope, it's not. But. In this part, it's just this mysterious guy that Afra seems to think of him as an old clone trooper. So that kind of works as well. So he ends up, now, you know, I need you. I know who you are. I can expose you right now, but uh, I'll need you to cause a diversion. I'm going to give you this little, you know, button. Looks like, like a game show button or like one of those things sometimes they have at the restaurant where you, you hit. And when that yeah. goes off, I need a diversion. Now, with that. You can only think that this is just because at some point, this is the weird thing. We never really saw J Jabba accept Han from Boba. You know, we just end up thinking that because they go to Jabba's palace, you have Han there. The last time we saw him was Jabba, or not Jabba, Boba leaving with him. And Boba is in the palace seemingly allowed to hang out, right? Mm -hmm. So if the whole deal is to get Han, but like, what does Boba Fett do then? Just get Han and like, 
hey, here you go. All right, you know, uh, high five. <laughs> We're done. It's weird because I understand that in this, the play is that Jabba's still trying to figure out. And, and if he finds out that Boba sold Han to the Crimson Dawn, then everything's all yeah. bets are off then. Yep. But I don't know. It's weird. Even when you would have all the struggle, like Jabba, he doesn't like to get out and about. I mean, they even say. At one point, I think Afro says right away, it's like, holy crap, they got him off a Tatooine? Like, he's going through so much trouble with this. I know that Boba Fett isn't, but Boba Fett did because he was supposed to bring him right to, to, and he was meandering about and then got him stolen. He is to blame. So where does it get to them where, you know, (laughs) bygones be bygones and we're still good? And does Boba end up getting paid? Because I don't think he should then. I don't know. It's so crazy. Now, maybe. Maybe they'll do some crazy deal. Like, get this, that they say, that's why he's still in Jabba's palace, because now he has to work off a debt for all this nonsense, maybe. That'd be kind of funny. But yeah, because if, if he ends up buying it for a million dollars, J- uh, Jabba buys it for a million. Can't, isn't he just, ha- isn't that it? Why is Boba even doing any of this? Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't, and, and if, I don't know. I guess is Jabba was, Jabba's just hanging. I'm thinking the idea, why didn't Jabba just send the sail barge to get it? Why did he even have. You know, uh, Boba Fett. Well, I guess and, we'll find out everything. Yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I, maybe. I, I'm telling you, at the end, it's just <laughs> Boba Fett. Because I think this is what's going to happen, is you're going to have the diversion that Aphra causes. Yeah, the diversion hasn't happened yet, right? No, Am I missing? And, okay. and I think that it's just going to be then you end up having Boba crab on and run off again. Put him back in a snake one and get the hell out of there. Uh, but then again, like, do you go to Jabba? Like, then he just goes back to Jabba with it? Does he? I mean, I, don't, I, don't I guess it, it's so weird. The only... The only thing would be a job. I, I, there's a bounty on his head. Like, stop all this nonsense. Yeah. And I'll just give you a I'll give you I a, don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's a little <laughs> wacky. But after stealing jewels and, and putting microphones all over there. Were you uh, thrown off on. by that big backpack that Jabba's, or Bob, Bob was wearing? Yeah, yeah, but I guess that's just his deal. Now we find <laughs> out, and this is the thing, when you're reading Dr. Afra here, and I guess maybe we're going to see that that, I'm looking at it now. I'm going to get the idea now that that actually is his jetpack under it's there. It's all suit stuff yeah, in there. It's, I think. it's just, deal, it's just yeah. weird, man. Where's he backpacking like, through Europe? And it, well, yeah. He's, he's going to do that. And then when those people where they accidentally then end up from, like, they're in Ireland one day. The next day, they cross over the border <laughs> of Iran and they get captured. I'm like, I don't understand when these people go backpacking all the places in the world. And they end up in the Middle East and <laughs> getting arrested and killed. Uh but yeah, so you, you have all this going on. <laughs> now you, you have, you know, Lucky and Ariel Yu, and they're after their, you know, pretty much Calabac, it looks like to me, from <laughs> DC. Either that or he might be hanging out with some of the Planet of the Apes. But you yeah. end up where he goes and you do see Lucky feeling bad. Oh, my God. I, I love the ideas. Oh, my God. We haven't seen this guy in, in 20 years and he's older. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's older. No, sh- no crap. Yeah, he's like, he's gotten old, and you end up having Ariel Yu say he's a seasoned killer lucky. I'll take advantage anyway I can get. I think that old Ariel Yu is not long for this world, is what I'm saying. I think that he might die in this and end up with Lucky kind of blaming himself because he could probably get the kill shot and not take it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're going to start the auction. It's all going on, uh, and that's where you end up having you know you and lucky are you and lucky go to face their deal and it, it feels very jedi-esque i mean it really does the idea you know that hey that's our master and he's like 
come on, let's fight. Even like a martial arts movie type of deal. Yeah. And they're just going to fight. And that kind of goes for a second. Not much uh, because the big thing is the auction, but it's something to go in the aside there. And and even then, you get that this master, he ends up throwing shade at Ariola Yu. Constantly. He hasn't really grown much. It made me laugh. He's and a no wonder guy. Ariola hates him. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's, yeah. And he, I love it. It's like he's baiting you. It's like, yeah, well, it's working. It was pretty bad, but <laughs> that deal. But yeah, yeah, you have this this auction. And in this, the, the only thing that you, you get, but that's the problem. You end up revealing the the big, giant thing here. But also really skimp over the auction. So when you get to the War of the Bounty Hunters number two, we kind of get the boring part of it. Like you end up getting the really quick, oh man, that's cool. Holy crap, Jabba, he just bid one million credits. And then Darth comes in, Captain Solo belongs to me. You're like, holy crap. But then when you get it again, you're going to go through 5,000. Have that this. You see that the huts are going against each other. Jabba's really pissed off at this young gun hut who thinks he (laughs) knows more than he should, all that. Um, but overall and anything, I wondered why at one point where Jabba didn't get up and say, Hey everybody, you know, and his ho 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 he did do that. (laughs) He sounds like Santa. Like, hey, I kind of paid for this guy. I, I I paid for him and the Crimson Dawn here, you may all be afraid of whatever, but hey, we're kind of all here together. And you know what? Ten trillion credits <laughs> for anybody who kills them now. I mean, that's all I would do if I was Jabba because I'd be so pissed that this was my property that got stolen. Yeah, it's a guy and you can go into all that stuff or whatever. But he was the one who he paid to have this done. He set up a lot of stuff to get this done and work with, you know, Boba Fett, who was working with Darth, all these things, just to have to go in and, you know, offer yeah, a million crazy. credits, I would, if I'm him, and I think he would, would just say, hey, everybody, just stop bidding, because I any money you want, you, you kill these jerks. They stole this from me, and it should be mine. Why am I bidding on this? They're they're weak, and you would think that, you know, they, they're not as big as before, whatnot. Yeah, they have some pretty... You know, bad killers and things like that But you have a lot of people in this room A lot of people who might be You know, the one thing that could bring them together Would be, take down the Crimson Dawn And mm-hmm. I'll give you money on top But maybe you do, maybe you see some crazy things It might coming, still happen but, yeah, yeah, it's just weird that It just feels weird that Jabba doesn't once mention That this is his property, really um, But yeah, Darth Vader walks in After a season and just goes nuts Just has a panic attack PTSD, all of that, and it's done really well. I, I really like this part. Uh, even, even though seriously, dude, this is the thing. <laughs> when when she ends up, no, this can't be right. And she is, she. It's a flashback deal, but she's talking through the flashback, and all I could think of is without me realizing at first that it was kind of the flashback because she has her old outfit on and whatnot. I'm thinking that suddenly Darth Vader walked in. He said, "Captain Solo belongs to me." And then went to the refreshment bar for a coffee. Oh, it looks, it looks like, like he's he, at the coffee machine. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's making a drink. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no, no, this was before. And, and she's panicking. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Sana Staros is basically like, what's going on after what's going on? It looks like she's melding. And, um, yeah, you end up with a Dr. Afra. <laughs> she's getting grabbed and then trying to run. But she isn't. She's thinking all this stuff. Right. She drops the communicator that's supposed to distract. And I love. I love rubbernecking Darth Vader 
is one of the funniest things I've seen uh, in a, a while in this. Look at that rubber neck. You're like, huh? Yeah. Like, I love how he turns like that. I didn't even think his neck can swivel like that. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't turn his left. body at all Just no, his neck he Just his neck It's like the exorcist I think this is going to be the distraction Dar's going to run over there Yeah, it might be I, all, it, all he needs All Boba needs is a distraction He doesn't care how he gets it I think this might be it Yeah I, I mean, look at that rubber neck hmm? Look at <laughs> He just got his coffee right. over. Just made me laugh When I'm like Did he go down the hallway? And he's like Oh, no, Afris And the old deal I do like it though, and I do like her flipping out because she would. It makes sense. I just, I wonder. Like the weird thing is, is, seriously. First off, if you know Darth, because she is panicking in the now, in a very way of when she got choked out by day, like she's remembering that, but a panic attack, she can't breathe and stuff like that. I mean, having Darth in the room and just kind of that, I would even with Son of Stars, I'm like, well, what's upsetting you with Darth? Like you have to know it's Darth, even if you don't know the connection, because he's a pretty ominous presence, right? And yeah. and so. I think that you might be able to figure out what's wrong, but you have to know why it, it's the deal. And it's like, what's wrong? What are you doing? And then I was like, we got we to get out of here. And I love even that. If I'm with you, me and you, we're at this auction, you know, Jim and Matt, and all of a sudden Darth Vader comes in. You freak out and say to me, if he sees me, I'm dead. Me and you are getting the hell out. I mean, yeah, I'm not course. even asking you another question until we are way out because <laughs> – I don't want to be next to somebody who, Darth Vader, if he sees me, I'm dead. I mean, you don't want to, all these other ones. Oh, man, I screwed over that guy and that guy and that guy. And Darth Vader. Like, Darth Vader is bad. And so, we'll see. It's just ridiculous. But, yeah, I do think that that is the distraction, rubbernecking Darth. Even with that, you get that run part out and just even that background and all the ways it makes me laugh. We yeah. could make a meme out of that. That'd be awesome. Uh, but also, if you really wanted to do this, you could insert Batman there, and he could be slapping Darth, because he does look like that That movement would get slapped. We could have the Batman oh, slapping, slapping Darth. Slapping, we could yeah. have it all. Star Wars is better than Batman. <laughs> he slaps him. Ah, uh, yes. But again, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, the problem is, is that Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters is next. If we just did this by ourselves in the one week. We would probably be rating it pretty high. Oh, my God. I think that with the Darth Vader stuff at the end, we would have went nuts. Yeah. And and I kind of did. So I'll tell you, without knowing that there is the Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters number two, um, I would give this an 8.5. Yeah, me but too, probably. a combined with them, and, and that's the, the weird part is, Kind of almost have to say the same thing for Star Wars for the Bounty Hunters number two, maybe even more, because you do see the stuff with what Boba's doing. And you do get a little bit of the up, but combined and having them in the same deal, you know, I can only go like a, a seven again. I mean, it's it's weird. I, I guess we should just go with the eight five and, and do them individually. Well, I mean, with we the were told to read this one first. So. Yeah, I know. And if it had and, come out a week apart, we would we would have given yeah, it an eight five. Yeah. Right. And boy, the score and the score for War of the Bounty Hunters too, if it came out next week, really would apply. Even yeah. with it that week. But the idea of us doing it individually, that would be the one we'd be mad because of the checklist. And you yeah. even said it. I said the same thing. I got done reading it and then got done reading War of the Bounty Hunters too. And I said, It's a shame because this is a big giant event, crossover, people are gonna be buying all the things, and you are hoping that you elevate the sales of everything afterwards as well. The Afra book is seemingly the worst selling of all the books. 
And you just told me that it means nothing to you. You told me that you know nobody's buying it and you're worried that they aren't because you tell a huge story in it, mm-hmm. but it's really just the story that's going to be retold again in War of the Bounty Hunters 2. And there's better ways to do this. And it, it's a shame, but yeah, we'll go. It's, it's again, it's hard to rate these because of them having that. And have you ever read anything like this that it was that close? No, to, no. I, that's the problem. This We're is not the closest saying, I've ever seen. Yeah. We, here's the thing. Again, I hate to bring up DC all the time, but we do the DC stuff. This is very similar to what they ended up doing with the Supergirl book when you ended up having it tied in with the Brian Michael Bendis Superman stuff. They didn't have anything for the Supergirl book to do, so it repeated some stuff. But it wasn't this bad. You no. had other things involved, and this is just just ridiculous because you end up in this war of the bounty hunters then, and I'll have the Boba Fett claim the bounty of notorious smuggler and rebel officer Han Solo, but Solo is stolen from Fed on Narshtab by Crimson Dawn. Now Crimson Dawn seeks to offer Solo the highest bidder of the Galactic Underworld, but not if Fett has anything to say about it. And then you find out that also Darth Vader, again, but this is War of the Bounty Hunters Part 2, or number two, which is odd because it's part whatever. Scoundrels yeah. Ball, written by Charles Sewell, colored by Naraj Menon, uh, illustrated by Luke Ross, lettered by VCs Travis Lanham, the way they have those set up. And um, yeah, you start off and you do get to see, you know, the start of the whole auction. At this point, I'm like, okay, we're doing this auction deal. Uh, we'll see some different stuff and whatever. And you do for a minute. You end up seeing some mingling. You see some people talking about stuff. You see that even with Sly Moore for the Emperor there, uh, some of the Emperor, uh, the uh, Empire's soldiers, these these heads, they they're not really down with this. They don't want to deal with it. It's seriously what it is to me is in Empire Strikes Back when the bounty hunters gather and you end up. What are these scum doing here? And mm-hmm. and then you end up having Darth Vader come in and talk to them. But it it doesn't really do much. But when you get new stuff is that you do see these guys that are all fine. I mean, this guy, I like this guy. It's a shame that this guy doesn't have, you know, a bright future, right? Because he's there and he's fired up because he's gotten invited to this whole gala. He is a low-level kind of crime deal, but he's on the upswing, and he's all fired up. This is going to give me a name and all that. (laughs) I I wonder if this is like a little bit of a wink-wink of something else being planned, because even with Darth Vader there and then their distraction, we may find out the Crimson Dawn just – I mean, it could be the Red Wedding. I mean, it really feels like that, right? Like, why would the Crimson Dawn – the Crimson Dawn ends up spelling out, even in this issue, I believe, the idea we want to say that we're back on the map. What what's better saying back on the map than slaughtering everybody? And I think that that's part of the play as well. We're we're really gonna have a, you know a, a crap show coming up because even inviting this guy, right? Like this guy even said, like, "I'm nothing, man. I didn't even know they knew who I was." I'm like, "Yeah, I did think." Did you just throw a Game of sound. Thrones reference in? Yes, I did. <laughs> that's the and that's the only thing I know about. It would be funny. I'm like, the, I, I get it mixed up. This is like a red room thing. See, that's the thing. This is where I tell Eric. When we're talking about stuff, when he said that the whole zombie craze was over in 2002 Mm -hmm. and then fully negates the idea that it never hit really until Walking Dead, the idea of something becoming that much iconic deal is I never watched more than the first season of Game of Thrones, but I know what that means. That's when you know that it's big, that you Mm -hmm. throw it out there. Yes, I I threw a uh, 
I was faking the funk with but my you're right. references. It, it, but it that's kind of seems the only one that I can think of. Really. No, you're but, right. You're right. Yeah, and it, that might be the play too, because it is odd that we leave right at Darth distraction. <laughs> I mean, I think that real crap is going to hit the fan. But you end up seeing that you know Jabba shows up. He's pissed. He even goes in. I like that he lands in this. Like, is that the parking lot there it's, it's just like it's a just cliff. random stuff you know it's just stuff he, there. i like how he says it's well guarded and you look and it's just two dudes just standing there in oh, front yeah. of the ship how's yeah, that well just, guarded uh, you know two dudes uh <laughs> i do like too that you do have that imperial shuttle there uh so you kind of know the and uh, you know the empire's involved and stuff like that but also yeah. the idea went later when we see darth and stuff is cool but uh yeah you, you get to see the huts fighting i mean this the weird thing in, and this is what I said a little bit last issue with the Afrodeal, the little things that you get here feel more like they should be the added things in a lesser book. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you get this little flavor, but it almost feels like we should be getting the big things. Like, a, I mean, Boba Fett, show, that's a big deal. But I don't really need to waste time with the Fets arguing a little about what they should do and what they shouldn't do, seeing... You know, Guido Fett there from the, you know, the, the real mafioso. Remember that guy? He has yeah, that mustache. Godfather he just, one. He's asleep the whole time. <laughs> he doesn't even wake up. And then you have the, you know, like I said, the young gun. I, I will tell you that at points, some of the, some of the Fets kind of get a little bit hard to even tell between and things, but you end up where you do get Boba. He gets his disguise. Boss comes in. They're going to fight. He ends up pretty much, you know, Beating him up, his legs you know, yeah, and, and then ties him up to a rock. <laughs> in a in a really Poor cool guy. line though, when he says, "You know, hey, you can't stay, keep me out here, tied up." And he says, "It's funny." He's like, "I'm going to put you here as a warning." I'm like, anybody going to know what this warning is, or is just Boss going to yell, "Hey, Boba Fett's in there. He has a big bounty on him because that's why he went." I think you should kill him, but you can't do that. Did you get the idea that it was cold on this planet? Well, I guess just because it's out like on the snow, moon, right? Like I mean, yeah. it's it's in space. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it is a good line. Like, you can't keep, keep me out here. I'm cold-blooded. And then you have Boa Fett, so am I. Yeah. But then this is where now we go off into the deal, and I couldn't believe it. Because we have exact – you have exactly. – when it says see Dr. Aphra number – no. Don't, because you're getting exactly what you're getting here. I mean, they are saying, like, oh, man. And when they're going, like, man, everybody wants to kill me here. I bet. I'm like, really? Like, th- you're going to show all of this? Then you're going to show people doing And also reference the, you know, the, the deal. Like, this is the big moments here that you have to repeat as, oh, I'm going to get this lady who I want to get her jewels. Then you do get, you know, this, this hooded stranger we know now as Boba Fett, but still getting the same deal. Mm-hmm. You just now know it's Boba Fett, and yeah, it causes a, a you know a distraction. Same exact dialogue again. The whole auction starts off, and again, I like the idea that she's like, "Hey, the Crimson Dawn, we're back. We want you to know, you know, who we are, what we're about. We're going to get this going." And there's old Han, and hey, you know, you could bid on him. You could use him for art. You can, you know, unfreeze him. He's frozen. It's funny too. Now that they fix that little problem. Yeah, with the, the carbonite matrix, now. right? That they said, ooh, the organics. They and now he can live forever there. Yeah. And hey, you can put him up. You can, you know, unfreeze him and put him to work, or you can shoot the bastard. Whatever. I'm like, you cold jerk. Like that was her lover. But you end up with this True. from the solo movie. 
Um, but again, you're seeing how cold-hearted she is as well. And the bidding starts. And like I said, the bidding, this isn't that exciting, right? You end up where this hooded guy, again, we know it's Boba now, but Boba goes off and there he is. He ends up, and it has to be that it was in there because you see that pack in the back. He puts his equipment back on, and now he's going to go and kick some butt. Uh, but yeah, you have the bidding going on and one million credits. And the one million credits, the worst thing is it's huts bidding against huts. Like, Bo- Jabba must be, like, what are you doing? You jerk. Like, we're together. Well, the worst is that they had said, I want to leave. Yeah. We're all leaving. And he's like, no, stay, stay, stay. So now he's bidding against them. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's his own fault. Yeah. He's dead, right? I mean, yeah. he is definitely dead. Oh, and speaking of which, I didn't even, you do see Boba getting the stuff out of that pack then. Uh, but Does he really one, need to put his gear on? Wouldn't it be better if he just did it? Yeah, in that, in I, I guess you want to have Boba Fett as back, Boba back, Fett, back, right? Back, back uh, also, stuff. just to mention, when he's fighting Bosk, of course he has to use the flamethrower. <laughs> that is his go-to. Um, I do like one thing in this, though. When they start the bidding very quickly, uh, there's the one lady. One thirty, and the people with her, we don't Whoa, have that money. Stop. She's, she's like, I just want to get involved. Oh, my God. But again, why... Why, like, the Crimson Dawn has to have this set up so that this bidding, it it starts at a certain point. Because these people obviously don't even have 30, 30, 30 credits over, like, they don't have the money. Why are they there? Do you think that, you know, schmuck that was getting off of that transport was there not just to give Boba Fett an invitation and to get in? You think he had the money? No chance. Even what the starting bid was? No. So that's what I'm saying. They're all dead. Yeah, so I you, think you're you, right. I think they're trying to kill everybody in here. So, one of the big one one of the one of the new big scenes. I mean, it really, like, did this scene feel like the most forced thing you've ever read in your life? You have Boba Fett. He's walking down the hall, and he just runs right into Lando, Leia, and Chewbacca. In the point where I don't know what they're doing. This continues my idea. Leia had no plan. She said she had a plan. She's sitting in a hallway talking to Luke on a communicator who says, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to be gone for a while. I love the idea, too. Luke's like, hey, you know, uh, don't don't try to rescue Han without me. Idiot. They're at an auction where he's being sold at that moment. When does Luke think they're going to do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's being auctioned. He could be auctioned off to, I don't know, even if it's Jabba. Jabba might unfreeze him and kill him right there. You have to get him, you know, in your mind now, not, what? oh, what? You're at this intergalactic auction for Han? No, don't, don't do it then. Wait for me. Yeah, I what's Luke have, doing again? Just Luke stuff somewhere? Yeah, we think that he around? might be just flying around, going and looking at those other locations. <laughs> I don't know. He went off. And <laughs> and and the boy, I'll be back. Like, he, he has no concern. I'm surprised. He's like, may the force be. And she shuts it off right in the middle. <laughs> and oh, may the force. Mm. She doesn't but, want to hear that. No. She, well, <laughs> and again, though, where are, what are they doing here? They're just standing there. And Boba Fett, the auction is pretty much over right now. But they're there. They don't have any plan. They got two guys with three guys with guns and a communicator. I don't even know. Boba walks around, sees and says, oh, what's up? Yeah, no, I mean, Lando, like, Boba Fett, don't you know it's rude to crash a party? And he goes, actually, Calrissian, I had an invitation. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Like, this is what we're playing. Ah, uh, but when 
Darth Vader shows up, obviously that means something to everybody, including Afra, but also, you know, Leia. And if I was like, she'd probably convulsing on the ground too. Uh, but yeah, I like where Luke's like, what's going on, Leia? I hear somebody else that sounds like Boba Fett. And she's like, I'll have to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> it just, that doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. It feels like just ridiculousness. But yeah, Jabba, he ends up winning. Wrap it up. I'm leaving. Uh, you know, maybe somebody should get him a, at one point a tissue. <laughs> guy's disgusting. The funny thing <laughs> is, in this issue, you realize that what they're doing art-wise is they have to have the awful snot and slime coming out of so his mouth. So you know it's him. Because that is his <laughs> that's what he's known for. <laughs> I mean, really, that that you have Dengar with the toilet paper on his head, you got the slobbering and, and snotty job of the hunt. I mean, he's one of the most powerful deals. Get somebody there to wipe you off while he got he should have somebody fanning him as well. Eating grapes. But yeah, yeah, oh no, oh no. Here we go. Oh God. And it's dark. And he comes in. And and when you get this, you know, Captain Sullivan, but it's more of an impressive entrance than, that than looks before. I'll give yeah. it that. I mean, yeah. he's there, you got the banners that come on going. And then you end up having Pope in the background. We'll see. But again, we're kind of joking about it and saying that we're pissed. I'm more I'm pissed at what they ended up doing for paying customers that are buying everything. But overall, if we can kind of and again, I'll say the issue itself is like an eight five. I don't like the art as much. You no, yeah, said you don't like the art as much. Knocking it down a little bit for that. But overall, this really sets up some really crazy stuff that we. Oh my god, I can't wait, and I I do want to see. And I do too. And seriously, if you were going to set this up, take out the Afro book, right? You get to this War of the Bounty Hunters, almost have the same deal. Then how how much better play then of books coming up that you go Darth Vader, Jabba, and then Star Wars? Th- now, that's perfect because of what you just set up. You just have Darth Vader coming. Okay, here's Darth Vader. He's there. He's ready to go. Jabba the Hutt. We see what he's going to do with the whole deal going to hell or at least how he got there, whatever. But you end up with Star Wars number 15, then you get Luke and Leia, each attempt separate rescue. Oh, that's what he's, he's, I think he's going Crimson Dawn, uh, not Crimson Dawn, the, uh, the Twilight deal, the Twilight Squadron. It might be what it was now that oh, I remember. Yeah. It's been a while though. Um, but those are lined up pretty well, but why did you shove Afro in there? Why did you have to get I think that? It wasn't it the last com- one we talked about too? Yeah. Before our last yeah, vacation? Because yeah. when we went through this thing, we're like, why is that there? I don't know. So two it weeks ago, like they were trying out. to set some things up with it, but just do that. Set it up. Don't tell the the, the thing because you just diminish the effect of your main book, and that's that's crazy. But overall, the story between the two and whatnot, it's like an eight eight five to me because of the idea of how big it is. Darth comes, all the the auctions going. It's cool. It's just there's a sour taste because we read three books, but really we read two because. The yep. one repeated. So, with that, what would you give it? I'll go with eight. Man, it's tough because we want to give it a lesser score because of the idea of what they did. But some of the art looks go, great. Some of the stuff, like the the huts, look really bad. Mm-hmm. Some of it just looks rushed. I don't know. But the the story, get the art from the Afra and yeah, the story <laughs> because you do get the more expensive. They kept, story. Or they combine them in together into one really big issue. That'd yeah, be cool that was, too. Yeah, and um. The, the deal is, like, I, I want to give a score so people would know if they're going to buy one or the other or whatnot, what it is. And it is good. It's still pretty good. I'm still excited about this. Uh, I just hope that we don't keep getting this nonsense. 
you know, having things repeat. Because as now it seems like Afra and this book are on the same. Maybe they'll do it again next time, but I yeah. hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. I we'll mean, see. I would I would pick the Bounty Hunters book if I had to read one of the one of the two. Yeah, the, yeah, Afra, Bounty Hunters. Bounty Hunters but you could yeah. get away with just reading Afra, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, or you could get away with not reading it at all with this. Yeah. That's the weird thing. It's almost Either like one. they. They wanted you to have to read Afro so they tell the big story, but by repeating it, you make it unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And almost like you're saying, nobody's going to read it, so we'll go with this. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. Again, there's some cool things, too, because remember, you do end up having Sly more there where Darth isn't too keen on that. Everybody has somebody to go against. Then you got Leia. And, Le- and seriously, I would almost bet that the idea of Leia, Lando, and Chewbacca, for me at least, it just reminded me that they were there. I forgot. I didn't even think like, well, what's Leia and Lando and, and Chewie doing? And then, oh, well, they're, they're hiding somewhere in a hallway uh, without any disguise at all. Uh, but And yeah, their guns out. Yeah, no guns security out, check. Ready to go. Nothing. Talking on a communicator looks good. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what goes on from there. And, uh, yeah, we'll go and everybody's going to be trying to get Han. Uh, Han and Carbonite's a little too big for him to like have the scene where he keeps going out of people's hands and scurrying across. You know what I mean? When you end up having that where they have something and everybody's fighting and the thing's getting thrown around all over the place. Uh-huh. I think that he might be a little too big for that, but we'll see. But yeah, that's that. That is the story stuff we're caught up. So next week we'll be dealing with what is coming out. I believe that it's Darth Vader and Jabba come out both next of them? week. Yeah, I think that they're both out next week. So we'll have to deal with those two and then end the month with Star Wars. Uh, I actually hope to, because remember at one point it did show Bounty Hunters 2 coming out at the beginning as yeah. the first book of July. It shows that for August. And so like that's how we liked it. We like to get that. And, and that's where you can have that. The big book hits gives you the big story. Then the other books react in their way. To show the individual characters has, what was that, going on. That's it, such an easy way to do it. And they, they ended up screwing it up this month. Yeah, it has to, probably has to do with something, miscommunication to yeah. Alyssa Wong on how to handle I, Dr. Afro. Yeah, it's Because weird. it was originally planned to come out. But before. here's the deal. How could it be that close to this? Like, what is she, a mind meld with Charles Sewell? Even we said, like, we wouldn't have been shocked if it said Alyssa Wong with Charles Sewell on the Dr. Afro. Yeah, we don't even know who wrote what. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing. Very odd. Can but, you send her a tweet or something? I, I, she probably blocked us. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that uh, she would follow you us. Could so have, I, uh, who was it that was harassing Charles Sewell over the uh, in Twitter? Was it John Wayne that was doing that? Yeah, it was John Wayne. You could I'll have, have him John Wayne him. Charles Sewell. I actually have asked Charles Sewell a couple of things. He's never responded. And this is when he was at DC and doing like the Swamp Thing book that I really like. Like I was giving really good reviews. Even I think at points where I was talking about the Star Wars stuff. You know, on here of how much I liked it, and no response. I don't think he likes this. What I could do could be funny because he is friends with uh, Scott Snyder. I'll send a note through Scott. Hey, Scott, <laughs> can you ask Charles? He's like, I'm not asking him. Shit. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be that. That wouldn't work out. Uh, but maybe we'll try to figure it out. We'll send somebody something. But oh uh, well. That's it. That is it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to go over to our Twitter. At WS Marvel Comics, follow us, we'll follow you back. Also, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where we have a bunch of shows, including this show being early access, so you can, you know, listen to the nonsense early. 
But mm-hmm. that is that. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Matt, for joining me. No problem. And we'll be back next week.